I was lost in the darkness Vastness away, lightless horizon The cold spreading inside In this breathtaking fight I could not go on Now, for the first time in my life I can believe And now For the first time in my life I can breathe It's all better It's all better It's all better now That's a tough one. Who am I? <laughs> I need about 10 albums more. To, you know, to really, um, who am I? Um, I was born in France. I grew up in Germany. And um, yeah, I started, like I discovered when I was 11, I discovered the Beatles. And that's where it all started. Um, and actually, it wasn't proper the Beatles. It was Beatles Life at the BBC, mm. which is, if, I don't know if you ever listened to it. It's like, a, it's a lot of their songs, but there's also a lot of rock and roll classic, you know, Elvis and all, all, all mm-hmm. the stuff that, um, that influenced their music. And so I, I had a sort of like a, a very particular glimpse into music history through the prism of the Beatles, you know, mm. um, yeah, and so I got I got really hooked on the Beatles, and then I started listening to Leonard Cohen, which was more on the singer songwriter side of things. So I would just sit in my room for hours and just you know play his songs on the guitar, listen to his songs, and um, there's something in his voice and his songwriting that just um, yeah, I was like, oh, this is it. This is mm. what I want to do, mm. and then. Yeah, so then I, I I learned the guitar and uh, I was playing cello at the at the time, and then I I took my cello and and put it sideways onto my lap, <laughs> using it as a guitar. So then I was like, okay, this this is probably the moment where <laughs> this, this is the sign. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then I learned the guitar and the piano, and then I spent a long time writing songs, but not having the confidence to actually put them out or to perform them live. So I, I think I was, I've always been a bit shy with regards to that, especially when I was young. Um, but also I, I, I kept writing, like, I think, yeah, obsessively I've, I've written so, so many, many, many songs. And then when I started recording and started playing, um, yeah, then I got confronted with reality mm-hmm. and the music business. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. But I mean, so, so hang on. So when did you start picking up the guitar then? How old were you there? Uh, about 11. Okay. And then, so you started writing songs already that early? Or did that come a bit later on? It, it kind of, I, I remember, actually, I remember writing songs. I remember playing songs to my parents um, which were not very good, <laughs> or at least the reaction of my parents was like really underwhelming. But, um, no, then I, I think I started in, in earnest when I was 19, 20. Mm. And that's when I really was like, okay, I want to, 
I want to say something like I want to, I want to use this as a form of, of expression. And, mm. uh, I got really obsessed with lyrics as well. Mm. I still am. Um, and I got obsessed with like the English language and wanting to master it like as, you know, as best as I could just to, to get it right, just to get this sort of like, you know, what, what you, what you find when in Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan, this just absolute, mm. um, yeah, this kind of like at times also disconnect where the, where the lyrics don't really fit the music, but they fit it in a more perfect way than if it was a like classic songwriting, Yeah, these little quirks, these little things that you at first you go like huh what's that and then actually realize when you listen to the song for the thousands of time that this is actually what is makes it so interesting or david yeah. bowie or you know stuff that at first seems a bit weird or wrong or counterintuitive and that is actually the essence of what makes a song interesting as opposed to like pop songwriting like we have it today where everything's like really smooth and, and really catchy, but nothing really, um, sticks mm, mm. very long. It's just, it's just fade really quickly fades and, and becomes boring. Go by, you can spend the night beside her and you know that she's half crazy, but that's why you want to be there. And she feeds you tea and oranges that come all the way from China And just when you mean to tell her that you have no love to give her Then she gets you on her wavelength And she lets the river answer that you've always travel with her and you want to travel blind and you know that she will trust you for you've touched her perfect body with your mind i mean yeah he's he, i mean he used to be a poet so obviously mm, yeah, he's, yeah. he's got you know he's you can you can tell that he's very um yeah yes like his lyrics are way more complex than you would expect mm. in a pop song and, uh, and from, from what I read of his personal life story, actually the, the reason why his songs are so interesting as well is because he, he learned the flamenco guitar first, like he was taught weird chord sequences that you wouldn't usually use in pop music. Mm, mm. And, um, and that's what makes it so interesting. And then the fact that, yeah, as you said, like, I think it's, it's a matter of like, it just fits his character so well like mm. he, he sings it like he means it because it's yeah you can sing about the bible and you can sing about john of arc it doesn't matter because he's there's such honesty mm. in the way he sings it and um yeah and and i yeah it's i find it i find it fascinating also like the contrast between him and dylan who's mm. a, probably a, a little more easy on the you know who sometimes takes shortcuts or like mm. rhymes mm. that you would think like oh dear don't do that but um cohen is probably more would be more of a professor in that regard yeah and, yeah and that he's uh he's very careful and then when he wrote hallelujah he he, he spent like months writing like he had like over 60 verses and then he would be in his hotel room in his in his boxer shorts and completely mad 
trying to figure out the next yeah. <laughs> verse yeah. and what, what word exactly should, you know, stuff that, but the stuff that I can relate to because I, I used to, and I still am really obsessive about my lyrics. And then in the end, you just trim it all down to like, I don't know, cause no one writes songs that have 10 or 11 verses anymore. No, no. Um, so you trim it down to like two or three, but every single word in these two or three verses, um, you've put so much into them. Mm. Like every mm. word has carries so much of yourself because you spend so much time thinking, is this the right word or cutting words that, that, that don't belong there. Mm. Mm. Um, and I sometimes find myself even going into the studio and then realizing, no, fuck, this is not what I wanted to say, or this is not the right yeah, word. Yeah, or yeah. even when the song is already like, I have songs on my album now, um, that I would want to re-record because there's one word that is bothering me. And like literally no one would notice, but I know um, that it should have been another word or that I should have cut something out there. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's <laughs> that a level of just perfectionism or is it just, you really want to, like you said earlier, you really want this to be your sort of vehicle for your thoughts and feelings. So you want to get it right. Or is it sort of a perfectionist quality? Um, well, I think when I was younger, it was more like, sort of hubris and arrogance that I thought it, it really did matter. Mm. Like, mm. you know, I ascribed to myself that, that kind of importance where I was like, your words, um, <laughs> you know, are so important that, that it's worth, you know, spending all that time perfecting them. And now I've, you know, I've kind of relaxed a bit on that front and I'm just, I just want to write, um, I just want it to flow like, because I know I'm going to sing these songs like hundreds of times. I'm going yeah. to sing them like, you know, so many times. And so I don't want these words to bother me and I don't want them to, to like interfere with like the flow of, of, of performance or me singing them. So that's why I spent a long time perfecting the songs and then, you know, then I can play them and I don't get bored or I don't get annoyed. Um, by, by like, stupid lyrics or shortcuts that I took mm, or mm. just stuff that doesn't feel right. So now it's more of like a perfectionist thing rather than describing a sort of relevance to mm, it. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your music that's out there at the minute then, because well, let's start with the most recent one, which is uh, Breathe, uh, a most beautiful present. That's very mm. nice. Um, because this has got quite some sort of, um, I don't want to say metaphorical is not maybe the right word, but it's got some quite sort of observatory kind of, I don't know, meaningful, deep passages in it. There's bits in there about falling asleep in snow and finding the source you were looking for. And it was, it was really like, yeah, this sort of touching dreamy sort of way, but somehow meaningful. What's the sort of story behind breathe? How did this come about? So I wrote Breathe at a time where I was really not doing well and really struggling on a personal level and professionally as well. And so, the, the, I mean, that's interesting because the line with the snow is basically the, the starting point of it because I was I, at one point I was like trying to analyze what is going wrong and I was like, what? why are you feeling so unwell and unhappy and unsatisfied? And I was mm. like, because I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm trudging through snow and it's so exhausting because mm. every step I take, it's just, you know, and it's, 
it's also funnily enough, it's um, it's a story my dad used to tell all the time, and I don't know where it comes from, uh, about a man who got lost in a snowstorm, and um, and basically this guy is just like, so he's walking and he's really exhausted, he's really cold, and he's like frozen almost to death and and he goes like okay i'm gonna take three more steps and then that's it that's all i can take i can't i can't you know i can't go any further and he takes these three steps and he's like all right i might as well take two more steps and then and then you know and then at one point he sees a light and then it's a village and he's saved so i always found that idea interesting because um like from my experience or with music, that's kind of the sense I always had. It was always like, um, I've reached a point where, you know, this, I can't do it anymore. This, I don't have the strength to carry on. It's just too hard. And it's just, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not getting out, you know, I'm, I'm stuck basically I'm mm. stuck in the snow. So I might as well just lie down and fall mm-hmm. asleep. And so this was really, I think in, yeah. In, in the whole of my life and career, or whatever this was, probably the point where I got closest to that. Mm. Where I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, lie down and fall asleep. And um, and then I discovered um, by chance a meditation technique, which is where the breathe element comes from. Mm-hmm. So, and it was it was liberating and it wasn't, it's not a miracle, miracle solution. It's not like it didn't erase all my problems or make my struggles any, um, make my struggles practically easier, but it gave me a tool. It really gave me a, a fighting chance because from then on I knew, okay, it's, it's, I can, I can handle it. And, mm. um, I've got, I've got a way of coping with what lies ahead and I've got a way to, make sure I can take the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And then, and it will come a point where, um, even if I don't reach the destination I, I wanted to reach, um, I'll be happy enough to just say, okay, I, I went as far as I could and there was just no way I could go any further. And this is kind of like the, the attitude I'm trying to have right mm. now is mm. to say like, I don't want to have any regrets and I want to do the stuff that I want to do and I want to be proud mm. of the music I make. And, and, you know, I have a couple of objectives that, um, like always the next objective. So what, what do I want to do next? I want to make a fucking awesome video. Did that. Mm. What's mm. the next step? I want to record an album I can be proud of. Did that. I want to do a tour that, that really, where I get the feeling, okay, I've, I've, I've done, I've done that. And, and so on. And then, so every, every step takes me like a bit further and, and, um, and allows me to like keep creating and keep making music and discovering new ways of like, yeah, expressing myself.
And I, I love the end of Breeze. I really love the end of it. It because it, it it comes in the end almost to this like hopeful sort of optimistic ending. It's quite rousing, sort of inspirational, profound kind of ending. This like we really swells up and up and up and up. And I really really liked that. And I think you end it with some lyrics around. You know, I'm going to misquote you now, but about how nothing really matters anyhow. So everything matters differently somehow, I think is what it is, yeah. or something like that. And I just found that such a profound sort of observation. And again, a really perfectly worded couplet, actually. Like I couldn't think of a different word to put in there that would change it to fit. I was kind of like, hey, he's thought about that for a, for a while. Um, and I really enjoyed that, like just, just the way it sort of resolved itself. And it was, it was a great listen, really. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of like uh, the, the, this meditation. What it what it's about? It's just um, real letting go and realizing that um, you can get worked up about stuff, or you can actually you can crave stuff, or you can um, dislike stuff. But the, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. It's, it's I mean, it's in diff- like. It's not going to change what happens. The only thing that can change is you mm. and your reaction towards it. So basically in my situation, being faced with like the obstacles that a lot of musicians are faced with when they're trying to be creative and, and, and make music and make a living, there's nothing I can do to change that. There's nothing I can do to change the system. Um, but I can change how I react to it. I can change what I get from it, what I take from it. and how I, I let it make me unhappy or whether I let it, um, stimulate and boost my creativity because I'm like, okay, if this is the, if this is the situation, then fine, then I'll, I'll deal with it. And, um, but without, um, yeah, without too much craving, cause there's always the craving is the most difficult thing to get rid of. And without aversion, you know, this sort of like frustration and bitterness, say like why why doesn't you know why won't anyone listen or mm, why, mm. why will it not work that's that will get you nowhere that's a, that's you know that's just you thinking you took a step and actually you're just standing smack in the middle of of, of the snow and not moving mm. or moving mm. backwards mm. so yeah so that helped a lot to to just and uh, i mean i'm i'm still like there are days you know <laughs> mm, mm. where where you're just like this frustration comes back, but um, I found that I, I, yeah, it's been easier to deal with, and it's been easier to, to just discard the whole madness and the, the all the impulses that, that try to to steer you in a certain direction or tell you, okay, you should write like that or you should make music like that or you should behave like that mm, if mm. you want to achieve anything, and it's mm. it's just not true. No, like, no, because I mean, in the end, when you look back. Um, the only thing that matters is is the music you made and and like how honest honest you've been mm. in what you've been saying and in what mm. you've been you've been doing. Mm. And if you have any doubts about that, then you you took a wrong turn somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the song Doobie? Actually.
changing the tone slightly. I found I found this one quite a fun song actually, and uh, in a way, and it it reminded me. I don't know if this was the aesthetic you wanted, but it reminded me of the ball from Castaway. Like it oh my god, I thought it was. It must be yeah, right. It is. Like, it is. It's Wilson. Cause, cause it is Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah. But um, yeah. I thought it was. Um, tell us a little bit about Doobie because I was reading around on uh, on your social media stuff, and I remember when you released it, you said that it meant a lot to you. This one. Um, and but tell us so tell us a little bit about the story behind that one. Um. Well, I mean, there's there's two. There's the song, and then there's, then there's the video, which is um, fantastic. Yeah, it's nice. Then th- this is what I meant. It means a lot to me because um, that was a very DIY production with f- um, friends and family and uh, and stuff. So I uh, and it, it was very enjoyable. It was a, it was like a nice. It's just a. It was in the middle of the pandemic as well, so it was oh, quite, wow. quite. Yeah, it was quite liberating. It was like the the period after the first. I think after the first wave or something, and before the second one hit. So we were also happy to just go out and be able to do something. And uh, and I, yeah, I'm, that's why I was you know dancing on. And then we got the cheerleaders and stuff. So that that made me really happy. You know. Yeah. Li- <laughs> I was going to say, how did you things. get the cheerleaders? If you yeah. said it's a little family production, but there's a whole troop of cheerleaders in it. Yeah, but I mean, it's still DIY because it's like we we didn't have a budget. Like we had almost no budget, and um, but we just wrote to them and we were like, hey, we want to shoot a, um, a music video. Would you be up for coming? And they were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I didn't know how many there were going to be, or you know. And so we turned up on the day of the shoot, and all of a sudden there were like fourteen cheerleaders and like three coaches and stuff. And I was so overwhelmed. I was like, I, c- I can't handle this. You know, it's too many people. <laughs> so luckily, I had I had people helping me who then took care of logistics and and stuff because I was really like I was not expecting it to be in my head. It was because basically that that I had that idea for a long time of just these these two friends, these two characters who are friends. And one one of them is weird in a sort of like I didn't know how, but he was gonna be weird. Yeah. And the and the and so they would just stroll around town. And then I, I pictured this last scene in like a huge football stadium. And um and I pick I don't know, I pictured and then I came up with the the ball head ball idea and Wilson and I was like, yeah, so you know, one of them jumps into the goal and then I had this image of like, you know, fireworks and cheerleaders. And I was like, you know, it was very ambitious what I had in mind. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, there's no way we can, we can pull this off because we don't have the budget. Um, but then we did it differently sort of. And it was really nice to, to see like, okay, it's not, it wasn't obviously a football stadium because you have to get permissions and, yeah, and stuff yeah. and no one wanted to give it to give us permission to to shoot in their <laughs> in their stadiums and also you know fireworks and stuff are pretty complex to to set up um um but yeah so we 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 did that and and just because it was well filmed and well cut it it had the effect that i intended because it, it wasn't huge but mm-hmm. um it looks like there's a lot of, and there is a lot of energy, but just because people were putting so much into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's why I was very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great, yeah. it's a great fun little number. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. It's got this, um, sort of Paul Simony beach boys vibe to it. I kind of, I kind of really, really dug it. It's got this very sort of sixties jangly vibe. And, uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I always thought it was Beatles when I wrote it. I was mm. like, this is definitely a Beatles tune. And then, yeah, after we finished the video, I was like, yeah, it's actually more like, yeah, kind of more like Beach Boys and and uh, and stuff. So it, it kind of evolved the whole song also because of the aesthetics of the of the video and, and stuff. But yeah, it's definitely that period. It's definitely this sort of pop insouciance where everyone was just making, you know, making music and having fun. Mm. Um, and I don't get that to do that a lot. And, you know, most of my songs are, are quite serious and stuff. So it's always, it's very nice when I, when I have a number like that, I'm like, oh yeah, nice. <laughs> Just having fun. Do you get out and play much now? Post pandemic then? So, well, not post pandemic, we're still very much in it in parts of the world and maybe over winter, but now things have started easing up a little. Do you manage to get out now and play a bit more live? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I mostly play, it's like, I'm not touring. Um, so I mostly play like in the streets and small gigs and, uh, you know, weddings and birthdays and stuff like Mm. to pay the rent and and stuff like that. Um, which is, which is cool because I, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to get a day job that Mm. didn't have anything to do with music because, um, I felt like this would really set me back. Um, and so basically I, a couple of years ago, I decided to um, start working with a loop station, mm. um, you know, recording back and vocals mainly because I'm not very good at the guitar. So I'm quite limited in terms of what I can do with the, like looping the guitar and playing solos and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, mostly vocals, but um, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I, either I live loop the vocals or um, the second main part of what I do is um, preparing them at home, like recording the backing vocals, which is a really interesting exercise because um, I got to learn a lot about um, the really great backing vocals of like, you know, the Beatles, the Kings, Queen, mm. um, Beach Boys, um, people like that. And um it taught me, uh, really, really taught me a lot. And, um, it allowed me to really progress vocally also in the main vocals because, um, yeah, it was just a really good training and also a lot of fun because I enjoy, I mean, you can hear it on breathe. That's there's about like 40 different uh, backing vocals, which which is all me singing in the studio and going crazy. So we had a like a huge session, and it kept growing, um, wow. just because just because I enjoy it so much. Um, I, yeah, which which is funny because I'm like I'm like a singer songwriter, and also when I play with the band, I'm the lead singer. So you know, you're always in front and yeah, you're always yeah. doing the main vocals. But actually, I think I almost enjoy backing vocal, doing backing vocals as much as I do main vocals. And um, yeah, so and and it's it's. It's nice because um, nowadays you can find almost any recording session that was done, like by the, the big, big, um, huge acts like the Beatles or Queen. You can find the isolated vocals and backing vocals, mm, mm. so you can really, really listen to what what are they actually doing, mm. and uh, it's been really helpful and a and a very good um, sort of training for me to like understand what they were doing and, and how they were doing it and try to emulate sort of like in my music. So mm. a lot of the new album 
I mean, the new album was basically originally just acoustic. It was just guitar vocals and backing vocals, but a lot of backing vocals. <laughs> mm, mm. And um, and then the, we did the arrangements with the band, but the line, I think the essence is still like um, this singer-songwriter sort of and backing vocal choir aspect of, of like making music. You're the first person I've spoken to who has said something that I've felt for a long time and have never expressed that singing backing vocals is more fun than lead vocals. It really is. I, I don't know. I don't know why either. Like I've never been able to really explain why very well, but um, I, I really enjoy it as well. Really, really yeah. enjoy it. It's there's just something, even when I just listen to like stuff on just around the apartment, sometimes my wife's like, but you're not singing the lead line. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like I'm singing like the harmony or something. Like it's 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 just more fun somehow. I'm not really sure why, but well, I think it's it, it might it might be to do it for like a short moment. You just let go of your ego. Like you're not. It's kind of like you get the same kick out of singing that you would get as a as a main vocalist, but you're not you're not the center of the attention, and so you can just enjoy it. You know, you maybe don't have to like, yeah, yeah. You don't have to pretend or to put up a show because you're just you're just blending in and and I, I, I mean you probably everyone who's ever sung backing vocals had these moments where you just you sing your backing vocals and you're like oh this is so nice and then you look at the other person and you you see in their eyes that they are really enjoying it as well and mm-hmm. you know and it, it can only work because both actually want it to work and not because one wants to sing louder than the other or be in front or. So yeah, maybe it's it's a bit of that that you just just let go a bit of your ego. I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> What's on the horizon then coming up for you next? So the new song came out only yesterday at time of recording. Um and What's coming up next then in terms of in your your next pipeline? Some live stuff or new songs or videos or Yeah, the, 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 I mean there's some live stuff coming out. Um some band stuff we recorded. Um, two of them are already, already out, um, which is really nice because, I mean, I love this band. Um, I think they're really great musicians and it's so much fun. It's, it's a whole different, because I play a lot solo and I, I like it, I love it, but uh, playing with a band is just, or with that band, it's just such a, you're just transported by the energy and just, it's a whole different thing. And, um, so I'm very happy. That was one of my objectives as well, to just be able to find really, really good musicians, um, that understand each other instinctively and then put it all out there and, and make the music like the live music as good as it, as it's possible. And, um, but yeah, so we have band live sessions. I have some solo live sessions I did in a really beautiful studio recently. Um, I haven't seen the footage yet, but I was just blown away by by the whole scenery. So where was that? What was that? It's UFO Studios okay. in Berlin. Oh. Oh, it was beautiful. I was just like, I want to come back here with like a gospel choir and <laughs> and, and, and brass and and the band and, and a symphonic orchestra or something and and do something huge because it was it's such a perfect place for that. Um, but yeah, I mean the solo it was it was really nice. It was really intimate and. Uh, um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then obviously we've got another single coming and then we've got the album coming in October. 
on October 21st. Mm, not long. And yeah, no, it's, uh, it's coming up. How does, how does that feel? Yeah, oh, it's strange. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, uh, it's a lot of excitement. It's a lot of um, also wanting, wanting it to be over and out. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like the whole promotion is so exhausting. Um, but, um, but also a bit, yeah, you know, a bit like, it's not afraid, but like once it's out, it's out, it's, uh, it's done, it's gone. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, you have to move on to, to something else, to the next, to the next album and the new songs and stuff. So it's all, yeah, it's all a mixture of excitement and, and apprehension and, don't know what's going to happen how it's just going to be received and um but um now overall it's just it's fantastic because it's been you know, over five years in the actual recording process wow. of recording stuff from the very first like demos and acoustic uh, recordings and like some of the songs I've, I've written like seven eight nine ten years ago so it's it's there's a lot in there there's a lot i put in there mm. so it's uh yeah it's liberating to put it out and also a bit scary and uh but i'm I'm so happy with the result because yeah i mean i, I couldn't have hoped for like better musicians or better uh, arrangements to actually yeah make these songs mm. and so that's yeah. the 21st of october that comes out mm. Yeah. And then what's beyond there? Uh, big black void. No. <laughs> the abyss. No, it's uh, we've got a release um, record release show in Berlin on uh, November twenty second. Oh, lovely! Um, but then it's uh, and I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Exactly, we'll see. Like live in that moment. And uh, yeah. enjoy in the it. present. Exactly. Live in the present a little bit. Where <laughs> is the uh, best way or best place for people to keep in touch with your music? Um, where's the best place? Where are you um, most active? I am most active uh, presently on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But, well, I mean, like, I'm not a very active like probably if, if you listen to someone who knows his shit in terms of promotion and marketing, <laughs> they would say like, you're not being active at all. You're completely inactive. But um, no, when I have content to share, um, then um, I'll put it on Instagram. When I have some, some more prosaic stuff, like where am I going to play? Yeah. What's the next gig? And probably I'm going to use Facebook. Um, though I feel like no one's actually using Facebook anymore. So it's sort of like I do it in sort of like a very like I'll just put it there out of, of duty and mm, you know I'm mm, playing this gig blah 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 I know what you mean and then, <laughs> and then I'm like uh, no one's going to read that anyway um, and then well I don't know and then YouTube for videos I mean you still it's, you know that's where I'm going to post the full videos so I like people to 
go on YouTube because that's where the, you know, on Instagram, you can put snippets and then you, you start sort of like teases and you try to entice people and tell them, so this is my new song, this is my new video. But then you also want people to go and actually see the whole video because you spend so much time and energy and effort and love and care and trying to make it perfect from start to finish. Um, that yeah, you don't want people to just see the last 20 seconds or 30 seconds of, of it. So yeah, I would say, I would say probably if people want to go somewhere where they can really see all of it, then it would probably be YouTube. Matthias, Phileas, Matt, thank you very much for your time. And uh, thank thank you very much for this. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks.